Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. I am thrilled that our guest today is the great Mike Cooley, I think, one of the great American songwriters, um, one of the two main songwriters in Drive By Truckers. He has one solo album. It's a live album, uh, but it's a great treatment of all those songs. And um, man, Mike, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I mean, uh, you wrote one of my very favorite songs of all time, and I want to ask you a lot about it. So thanks for being here. Oh, thanks. You can now say, hey, happy to be hey, here. Hey, hey, everybody. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you don't... <laughs> no, but Mike, you don't, do, uh, you don't do a ton of interviews compared to Patterson or Jason. Not a lot. I, I do yeah, quite a bit, you know. Oh. Yeah. It, so uh, let, let me start with... Um, uh, I want to talk to you about Carl Perkins' Cadillac. Okay. Which is a song... Uh, for, for me, it was the song that really opened up the drive-by truckers to me. It's what made me like an obsessed truckers fan. How did that? And it, it seems to me that that song is has so much stuff in it that you're fascinated by, like what rock and roll means, what it means to be a person of your word, what it means to decide when you'll sell yourself or for what reasons. Like, how did that song come to be? Uh, it was just. Um, it was a. Uh, they tell the story um, when you take the. Uh, Sun Studios tour. If you've ever done that, I've done it several times over the years in Memphis, and uh, it's the the, the they t- and uh, I don't know how much of it's absolutely true. That's what makes these things. You know, if, if if there's a nugget of truth, it's better. But um, if if there's a nugget of bullshit, it's even better. Um, yeah. But sure. allegedly, I, I I can't remember what the benchmark was. First uh, artist to sell a million or to whatever whatever milestone of the artists that were signed to Sun, Sam Phillips promised he would uh, get them a Cadillac. And the way they tell the story is, now he didn't say he would buy you a Cadillac. He said he would get you a Cadillac. Love it. And, uh, and Carl Perkins was actually the first artist to hit that milestone. And even though he was the lesser successful overall of all the others, but uh, he was the first and uh, Phillips did what he said he was going to do. He, Got him a Cadillac, and then uh, Carl found out that he charged it back to his royalties, which is <laughs> it's like a welcome to the music business yes. story. You know, I've, I've seen younger, um, you know, uh, up and coming rock stars on the road that are just going through money, you know, and I'm like, they're not paying for that, you know. And <laughs> oh, you tell yeah, well, the money came in stacks, new contracts, Carl yeah. Perkins Cadillac, yeah, right? So like, yeah, I've, 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 they still do it from time to time. Either, either their their management, their label is just writing checks for all these extravagant expenses, and they think they're just living large. I'm like, no, 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 uh, they're going to charge that back to you. But that that's yeah, that's where it yeah, that that was what inspired it. And how, like when you were writing that song, do you remember where you were when you wrote it? Were you in a hotel room? Were you um, I started, uh, at my mother-in-law's lake house years ago. My wife and I were hanging out down there and I wrote what would, uh, the first draft of it, it was pretty terrible. And then I went back and edited it until I Is that it, common like for the way you write? Because it's funny, your songs feel, they, they feel in the truckers. If I think about the way the three main, you know, you, Jason, and, and Patterson, the way the songs sh- show up, somehow yours almost feel like they were birthed whole. But you're saying no. you, that's not how it works. No, no, not, not at all. Not, not that one anyway. Most of them aren't. I, you know, I, I'll spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to 
get it like I want it. And there's always, you know, then that initial thing that comes out, there are going to be some cliches that I try to get rid of or try to find a better way of saying it, a more original way of saying it. Um, you know, so it's the lyric that makes you have to keep the, the music can come quicker. No, you're talking about the lyrics being the thing that you have to keep grinding on. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. How do you know when it's, how do you know when you feel like it's like a, a song like three dimes down when it doesn't make me cringe. Right. So, you know, when, <laughs> right. And do you know, sometimes like I read that thing Patterson said about three dimes down, which is another one of my fucking favorite songs. Uh, even though no one will ever really understand exactly what the song's about. I don't either. <laughs> it was, the, I actually had that, that riff the the music uh, recorded like in a demo form. And I was just playing it and playing it over and over. I had a drum track with it and everything. And I just started spitting some of those words out. And I was going to write more. You know, it doesn't really, there's not a lot to it. No, there is though. But then I kept listening to it and I was like, you know, if I could just stretch that out to a full three minutes, 20 seconds, it works. You know, I don't need to write any more lyrics. Did you know that Patterson was going to crack up? I'm so interested in the, because, you know, I'm in a, uh, my my partner and everything that I do, my creative partners, my best friends who were kids, it's two of us. We write these scenes separate. We outline together. We write these scenes separately. Then we, and I, and I always say, uh, people ask what the audience is. And I'm, I always say my, my audience is basically Dave. Like when I'm writing, I know, Oh, that'll make him laugh or he'll dig it. And that, that's sort of one of the ways I know that the scene that I'm writing works. Like, are you aware when you write something like the Tom D. Hall reference that, oh, Patterson's going to oh, yeah, laugh yeah. at that? Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> right. Because is he your first audience? Um, yeah, in a way. Yeah. It's, and uh, I, I knew he would get that because we, we both went through a period of just kind of rediscovering Tom T. Hall. Because uh, I remembered him from childhood. You know, he was on TV a lot when I was growing up. And I liked him then, you know, he, uh, he, he always, you know, a lot of his songs are, he actually wrote a lot of children's songs, children's books, but things like Sneaky Snake, you know, that all, stuff like that appeals to a kid anyway. Uh, but the, his stuff always had a childlike quality to it. But uh, the fact that the T never stood for anything, uh, yes. I, I knew he would get that, you know. Uh, it's, yes. And if it was, uh, it was he, he added it as his, 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 Tom Hall just didn't really work. What about Tom T. Hall? I've, it's funny. I've wanted to use that song in Billions a bunch of times because the riff is so great. Yeah. And the idea of Three Dimes Down is so great. But then every time I go look at the words, I'm like, how the fuck is that going to work on a show? You know, it, 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 because the words are so oblique. And, yeah. uh, it's, but it is something that groove-wise has always – you just supply your own meaning. To yeah, it. I mean, the, it was like the idea of having more money than you need and still being shit out of luck. <laughs> was <laughs> right you know. yeah three dimes and when the machine wants quarter <laughs> it doesn't matter that you got the three dimes no it's uh, <gasps> awesome so yeah just uh. if i can I, step back just for a second I, I was thinking about the truckers and it, it seems to me that drive-by truckers occupy a unique space like in the rock and roll landscape i, I like i can't think of another band in a way almond brothers but they predate you guys by 30 years. Yeah, long show. You know, and you could say like um, Government Mule or something, the same deal. Like, wh- how would you describe the band's relationship with its fans? And like, why do you think there's such a strong and long time bond? Like, I go to a show, I mean, everyone knows every word to all these records. and They really do, yeah. 
Yeah, what, and it, 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 it seems to me like they feel like you're their band. Yeah. Yeah, how, how did you think that comes to be? And what I do don't you know. think that connection is? I hope they don't is? find another one. Uh, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're really trying not to uh, outlive our audience, is what we're, you know. We, I, I, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't want to be the last man standing and have to get a job. That's hilarious, man. Well, yeah. no, it is true. Like, I'm 53. I am too. And so, like, I'm your, you know, I look around at a show. There's some young, but there are some younger people. There are. But uh, there's a lot of dudes our age. Yeah. And the last couple of records, I started noticing some younger folks, and that was encouraging. Yeah. Because, again, I don't want to outlive the audience. Yes. But, but what do you think the connection is from? And how did it, how did it start to build? Because it, it feels like, you know, you made Southern Rock Opera and Dirty South. And these were records that were critics loved them. But you weren't playing in a genre that anybody understood, right? You weren't Molly Hatchet. Right. But you weren't the band either. You were, I mean, you sang about the band. Yeah. But uh, you, um, you know, like Ronnie Van Zant did write lyrics about stuff that mattered. But at the time, n- nobody even noticed. Nobody noticed until much later that Ronnie was singing about stuff that, that mattered. You right. guys have always sung about stuff that, that, that mattered. Uh, how, how did the audience catch up to the critics? Because even your first couple records, you had to finance them yourselves, right? Yeah, yeah, we we did. Uh, it was it, kind of the time that we were putting it all together, and everything was changing with the industry. You know, everything had already changed with radio. You know, we we had to go into it knowing that we were not going to have a home in regular broadcast radio. You, know? you were aware of that. Oh yeah, yeah, we we knew that. We, we knew we weren't going to be able to depend on, you know, what we call mailbox money, royalties from, you know, big record sales. That, was, that wasn't going to be our thing. We always knew we were going to have to be a, a, a live act, a band that did it on the road, and that we would have to have that kind of an audience, that, that cult following, that devoted kind of following, or it just, that was just what we were. Uh, it was never going to work if we didn't build that. I mean, I don't, you know, we didn't set out to do it. It was just that's just how it had to be. And you, you, you sort of saw that consciously. Oh yeah. So you went into this bargain with rock and roll 15 years after Springsteen did, let's say, or 20 years where Springsteen Mm -hmm. could still think of rock and roll as a salvation, but also as a, a potential different kind of a life. You had to have a more realistic look at it though. It does seem you believe rock and roll salvation in some way. Yeah, you know, uh, 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 we, we wanted it to be our job if we could make it that way. And I, I wanted to have the experience of uh, going out on the road and going across the country a few times. If, even if that, if that was all it ever amounted to, I was fine with that. I, I wanted to at least have that experience. And I was prepared that, you know, hey, if it doesn't work, I'll, you know, I'm, I was in my 30s by that time. It's like, okay, you know, if it doesn't work, I'll, I'll be content. I'll go get a job and I'll look for something else. It worked. So had you had I'm a job here. before DB? I know you were in another band. Oh yeah. But I had, had you had day jobs? Oh yeah. Yeah. What were you doing? What kind I, of job? Oh, I did all, a lot of the usual stuff. I worked food service and retail, and uh, for the last several years, uh, the last actual day job I had, I painted apartments. I would go in in between residents and just repaint apartments, and that was a pretty cool gig, actually. Was that right before Southern Rock Opera? Yeah. Yeah. Was, and then, when then when that record came out, you were yeah. able to just. I, uh, I, I, I picked up my last paycheck on September 11th, 2001. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. I, I, I watched the TV and I went, holy shit. And I drove across town and picked up my last paycheck. And, and knew then that. And that, went on the road. And you knew that was it. Or you hoped no, that was I it. Hope, I hope that was it. Was that the tour when suddenly people started coming out to see you guys? Yeah. Yeah. And it, you could feel it start you could feel it start to change. How old were you then, do you think? Thirty four or five, maybe. All right, this is great because a lot of people feel like when they get to be thirty or thirty one or thirty two, if their dream hasn't happened, they gotta give up. Yeah. And and smart people do. <laughs> Um, right we we were doing all this stuff you know riding all over the country in a van and sleeping on people's floors and um raising all kinds of hell you know in our 30s you know no you're supposed to get all that out of your system much earlier yeah but we just kind of felt like it was it was still out there you know if if this doesn't kill us it's going to be all right and you know what a way to go if it does yeah but so you, you didn't have um, self-doubt then? I mean, one of the things people say about you, not just because your name is Cooley, but, you know, people write about you, how cool you are and all that stuff, and you're a great guitar player. and that. But did you not have some sense? Because obviously both you and Patterson are such smart people. You also have a lot of pragmatic sense. Did some part of you worry about, like, well, shit. What if this doesn't happen? What am I going to do? Or did you just not allow yourself to think about that? I didn't. That? I, 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 you know, I knew there would, there, I, I could do something. You know, I could, <laughs> like I say, you know, I, I wanted to have the experience of living the life. I'd always kind of dreamed of it. Always, you know, I was always kind of intrigued by the whole, by the road, the whole idea of that. And right. If, if I could just have that, I, I, would, I was going to be cool with it. were the bands that you listened to growing up the guitar players that made you want to live All, that life you, you name it the, the the usual suspects you know the, the everything that we now know is classic rock i was exposed to all that you know there was a lot of i mean there honestly there's a lot of stuff that probably had uh, you know that i tried to emulate played by people whose names i don't even know because it was stuff i would hear on the radio or you know uh some probably some session guy that something I, that Steve Lukather yeah. or Mike Landau played yeah, on yeah, some, something like that, you know, some some record that yeah. just hit you in a certain way. Yeah, and, I, I, I never really got into finding a handful of people to just dissect and learn every every lick. Or I would have been better if I did, but I was right. never into that. And then Patterson said you didn't really start writing until a bit later. Yeah, I was or in my twenties. In your twenties, before you start, what made you start writing the songs? Uh, a lot of things. Um, I'd, I'd always just kind of had this idea that I would just be a guitar player and that would be cool. Right. And I had to come to terms with the fact that I wasn't that good. <laughs> I wasn't, right. I wasn't good in the ways that you need to be good to just do that and just be, just be that guy. I probably could have been. And I, I realized I wasn't really motivated to do that. I don't think I was ever going to be happy, um, being right. a guy who would just, you could pick up and take on the road I probably wouldn't always necessarily like a lot of those people I would be touring with. Right. Um, you know, that, that's, I, I just wasn't really motivated to go in that direction. And, and I, I started thinking, well, maybe I can put some, you know, I, I, I have 
I have interesting thoughts. <laughs> no, but this <laughs> is can, good. A I lot can of... make them rhyme. <laughs> right. But, so, but, but you hadn't tried it. No, not really. Yeah, I was 30 before I started writing. I was a blocked writer. Like, I couldn't bring myself to do it. The perfectionism stopped me all the time. Like, yeah. I would have the thought, like, well, I think I can do this. I want to do it. I think I'm one of those people, but I would fucking stop. Or I would write a paragraph. Uh, I still I would... do it. I, I, I still do it. What do you still do? Uh, get, just th- throw something out there, and, and it's not very good, and I know it's not very good, and I get bummed out about it, and I don't yes. want to go back and try again. You know, it, it can it be shuts you down, it, right? It, shut, it shut, shuts it down. Yeah, I, I, I'm full of self-doubt. Um. <laughs> well, no, but that's what gets you past. So how do you, so I had to put a lot of shit in place for myself, like, cause it got so painful from, I mean, I, you know, not painful, like the, you know, someone who can't make a living, but I mean, in terms of just psychic pain, right. It got so painful for me at a certain point. I was like, well, if I don't do this, I'm going to hate the person I become. So I better fucking do it. Yeah. Or I'll be mean to everybody that I love and yeah. I'll ruin my life. So I fucking put stuff in place. Like I journal every morning. I meditate. I did a bunch of stuff so that. I could sneak an hour a day in of writing before I let the demons in. Yeah. What do you do to make yourself able to keep producing work? I, I've never really been able to come up with um, any kind of regiment that I can make myself stick to. Uh, I'm going to, you know, something to do every day. I'm going to spend some time every day. When I, can, when I can bring myself to that point, I usually get something done. Right. Of going, okay, I'm going to try to work toward this every day. I'm going to. You know, if I write one line, yes. if I get one line, that'll be fine. And then I get one line and it sucks. And so it's going to be five days before I can come back to it. Again. Oh, so you <laughs> still let it, wait, this is important for people to know. Cause you know, you're, you're, um, you're an acknowledged great song, whether you think it or not, you're an acknowledged great songwriter. Like enough people have said it enough times that some part of your intellectual side of your brain knows that at your best. You're the real thing. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Some part of you knows it. Like I know after 20 years of doing this or 20, whatever, I know, well, all right, I, I, I can do something that, that people like. So I'm not crazy to think I can do yeah. it. So you, you must know that in part of your head, right? Yeah, yeah, I still feel like, you know, it's like I, I know it's in there. I know I can still do it. But it, it's almost from one song to the next, one record to the next, one you know, it's almost like you have to kind of relearn how to do it again, you know? Yes. It's not a thing you just do, like, you know, uh, like almost any job, any task, there's a start, there's a finish. And it doesn't matter what mood you're in, you know, you there's a beginning, there's an end. And this, there's no beginning, there's no end, There's and you're just stuck... Going, <laughs> there's there's nothing there. How do I turn? How do I get something out of nothing? Yeah. How do I start to? Because you, you you know you can't let inspiration be the only thing that guides you. On the other hand, you're sitting there, and if the inspiration doesn't come, it feels empty. Yeah. And it it feels forced and fake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are all these traps you can fall into, like comparing yourself to other people. Like <sighs> I, if I'm trying to come up with material, I will not listen to a Tom Petty record. Right. You know, yes, I can't, you know, I'll sometimes I don't and I don't want to, you know, and and you don't want to go the opposite direction of, you know, thinking, you know, people who are not that maybe maybe you don't think are that good and getting this, you know, idiot confidence that you don't need either. You know, it's you 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 don't want to work from place of like condescent, like, oh, uh, so many mediocre talents make it that I can just do it. But on the other hand, you don't, 
you don't want to um, deprive yourself of that feeling you get when you like lock into one. Yeah, that's not the best. That's really what you're chasing. That's that's essentially what 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 it's all about. Is you know, if I can get something to to a point where I I know it's good, I know I'm onto something, and then I can focus. Then I can come back to it every day, and and I'm chasing it, and I'm that's that's my drug, you know. Yes. And and you go long periods of time, and you just you want it, you want it, you want it. Then you start trying too hard. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I've lived this. Yeah. I've just lived it over and over again. But I. But with someone like you who gets such acclaim all the time, I because like I did eventually figure out if I just make myself do the pages and write the scene, tomorrow I'll find something in it to build on. I can even if I erase eighty five percent of it. Right. There's fifteen percent that oh yeah I can now I have now I can move so it, it's what makes me be able to do a little something every. Yeah. I mean, I, I have 15% of something almost all the time. Right. And it might take two and a half years for yes. that to ever well, but, so become I have anything. To, I have to ask, like, so you're a guy, you're sitting there, you're kind of struggling. Because that Tom Petty thing you say, I relate to, I flip it slightly. Like, I'll, um, sometimes I'll just put on a David Mamet movie or I'll read a couple pages of David Mamet just to remind myself of why I wanted to do it. Like, mm -hmm. the rhythm. Yeah. And then I can, I, I say to myself, I'm never going to be David Mamet. I'll never be as good as him. But, okay, I, I understand what that feels like. And that sometimes just helps me to leap off if, yeah. I, de if I do listen to it for a second. You can. And, and mo I, I, you know, I, I think most artists of any kind have at, at points, you know, you find your voice, find your, your thing yes. through imitating somebody else. Yes. Or, you know, it's not, you know, yes. you, you're, it's not about you know, flipping through the records and deciding who am I going to rip off today. No, it's when the influences but, are so deep yeah, in you. You got to take some of that in to to get your own thing out. Yeah. You know? No, this is one of my favorite. There's a guy who wrote, wrote a bunch of literary theory named Harold Bloom, and he talked about how when like artists at the beginning, they're somewhere in them, they're trying to imitate something, not to rip it off the thing yeah. that made them want to be an artist. But then if they do it in a way, it kind of hits off of it and becomes its own strange thing, not yeah. exactly like it. But but this is what I would say. So someone like you, you're wrestling with it. You're chipping away at it. It's really hard. So I have to know, and I, I asked this Patterson also, but what did it feel like then? You, you guys let this kid come in the band, and suddenly, like out of nowhere, he shows up with Decoration Day and Goddamn Lonely Love. Like, yeah. Did that shake your confidence? Did you like, did it inspire you? Like what? Because I can't imagine like a sitting little of both. there. Yeah. What was that a, like? A, a little of both. You know, we we were still crazy back then. We were still just nuts. Um, you mean you're still just all getting fucked up and living a crazy life? Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, we, we didn't think anything about it. It's like, okay, well, we'll just have three writers in the band, no big deal, and and it shouldn't have worked, but it did. You know, it worked for a, really a, a long time compared to you know what well, you would fact, expect. The fact that at at a there was a time there where like three of the ten best American songwriters, you know, under forty, were sitting there in the same band together was incredible. But when, did you have a sense that Jason wasn't going to be able to, that it was going to, he was going to have to go and do his own thing? Like, I just, I, I've always wanted to know, and when I started this podcast, I always wondered about these, one of the things I said at the beginning was like, these moments when something kind of shifts, and like, when he played you those two songs, did, was it a shock to you that this kid could do, like? No, no, I, I, I knew how good he was already. Oh, how? How'd you know? I knew, I knew about him. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's on my radar. Um. 
Yeah, you know, I, it should have been more obvious to me, really, that, you know, he's not going to stay in this band. You know, he, he has, I mean, you know, if, if he if he wrote those two songs and then didn't write another song for uh, two or three years, it might be different, you know. Uh, they would still, you know, he'd still be great, but he's not like that. He can, he has a lot of output, you know. There's no way a guy that writes that many songs, that many good ones, is going to be one of three songwriters. You know, he's going to have his own thing. Yes. And so at some point you became... You guys became yeah. aware of that, but I guess he was so fucked up then too that it was like, well, who knows how this is gonna. Well, yeah, turn we, out. we were all just, you know, get, we were going from one tour to the next and one record to the next. Yeah, <laughs> it was a crazy time. You have this moment. This guy joins the band. The band becomes this different thing for a while. How do you think you guys kept? have kept this thing going for so, so many people fuck it up. Even, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Craig Finn and, um, I know Tad really well for a long time too. And I've, you know, those guys were the closest comparison to you guys in a certain way, but then they, they can only do it for five dates a year, you know, seven dates a year now. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it, we, we, we just kind of, I, I think we realized we just kind of had to, you know, we're, we're worth more together. <laughs> it's, That's a very know, pragmatic it, way to it look is, at it. It's, it's very pragmatic, but it's not something we've ever had to work at either. You know, if it, if it became, you know, a, a drudge, we'd have to find something else to do. But it's, it's, we always come back to it. We've, uh, How do you guys work stuff out? Like, now I have to ask you, did you have some of that writer's block issues before the new record? Because there's only two of your songs on the Oh, new God, record. yeah. Yeah. I'm still going through it. You are. It happens from time to time. Right, we got. I have some ideas. Have you ever tried the morning pages thing, like doing the the artist way and writing every morning to get out of your head? Oh uh, no, not really. All right. When we're done, I, I'm gonna. You're gonna give me three minutes to talk to you because I've given <laughs> this. I've made this like a life's focus, to, especially with a great artist like you. It's like, does it? Is it pain? I gotta. I gotta ask because people who listen to this podcast all think it's only them. They think they hate themselves for not being able to do the work, and they think they're lazy, and I think it's really important for them to know that even someone like you struggles with this. So like, does it ruin your day? Do you walk around feeling guilty about it? Sometimes. And, and how do you deal with it? You know, I, I, I do this and I, I've, I've heard other people say they do this. It's like you, it, you know, you, 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 you want to write some new stuff. You want to do some new work or whatever. You, you have time to do it. You have this, wow, I got the whole day. Oh, you will find everything in the world other than sitting down to do that. You'll, I, I'll do laundry. Yes. I will fucking do laundry, you know, or something, you know, anything in the world. But the thing that I say I want to do the most. Oh, so you'll say to yourself, state it or to your uh, oh, yeah. kids or your you'll say, hey, I, I got to write today. I, I don't really do that because if I do that, I'm jinxing it. You know? Oh, then it's dead. Yeah. Then, then it's, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it, yeah. It, it's, it's just messed up. Yeah. It, you know, but I, it's like I, I've got all this time. Kids are at school. I'm home by myself, you know. Uh, I, I'll find everything in the world to do. But then at the, end, at the end of that day, are you pissed at yourself? Yeah. Right. You <laughs> and you tell yourself it's coming the next day you're gonna do yeah. it yeah <laughs> and does patterson say like hey we can like you know the deadline's coming up and you just say hey man do you call him and say do you have songs 
Or do you know he's going to have songs? No, he, he, he's going to. We, we usually, you know, we'll, we'll start sending each other stuff back and forth. And will he say to you, come on, man, I need more? No. No, and it's... He knows the pre- you're putting the pressure on yeah. yourself. Sometimes, I, there, there have been times where I, I, I did better with knowing that I needed to hurry up and get something done. Not often. Sometimes I do better if, if I've got a, something specific, like like a, a topic, a, an idea, a person, a, a, a memory, a story from the past. Well, this is what I was going to say. On American Band, you're, the album... So you have a brand new album that just came out called Unraveling. came out today. I've only gotten... I didn't get it. Somehow, I, I'm sure you guys sent me the link, but I didn't get it till this morning. So yeah. I only listened once through the whole thing and then to your two songs a couple times because I knew we were talking. But American Band, which is amazing because you guys like 49 or 50 when you when when you made it and it's one of your best albums yeah and you got the lead you you know the first song on the album you wrote and then you wrote surrender under protest which is another one of the best drive-by trucker songs ever and uh it seemed to me and i it seems you got more attention. Mike Cooley got more attention after that record than you'd ever gotten on a record before. Yeah, yeah, the last two really. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it, I, it was a good period. It was a good run, you know. But I wonder. I I have to ask if like the fact that people were so focused on what you were writing about. I saw more questions to you about why are you writing about this kind of thing than I did on when you were writing the songs on those other albums. And I wonder if if that new kind of focus is partially what may is have. bugging you it, it it may have you know i, I, I i'm in you know it, it, sometimes in live shows going from song to song going yeah and i'm actually thinking this while i'm singing and playing the song god damn it man you wrote that you wrote that too what the fuck's wrong with you you know and, this, and then i forget the words and everybody sees me do it because i'm i'm beating myself up while i'm do while, no, but I while I'm performing the songs I've already. I mean, written. we're we're laughing, but Mike, I have to tell you, like I relate, I relate so deeply to this. This is like the thing I fence with every day of my life, which is, I know, like I I'll, I'll be sitting at, at home and I'll, I'll Netflix will come up, and some movie that I wrote will be like, hey, you might want to watch this movie, and it's a movie I wrote, and I'll like click on a scene and I'll be like, well, fuck, I could do that. I did that. Yeah. Like, I'll have exactly this conversation. Like, I did that. How come today? Yeah. I can't even write four lines. I wrote this whole movie that, that's on Netflix. and it's Something and, I've been... Uh, lately, with... I, I, I'll think of things, and almost every time I think, I already wrote that. Right. Well, I, I, that, that'd be a good thing. That'd be a good thing to... Oh, but no, I already wrote that, too. <laughs> yeah, but you got to play through that because yeah. don't you think we all come back to our, I mean, look, to, it seems to me when you've been doing this a long time, you, you can might return to a theme, but you're approaching it through a slightly different prism now because sure. no, you're a different no, man than you were no, there, there, when you wrote nothing, that song. No, there's nothing wrong with coming back to the same I mean, Chuck Berry wrote the thing. same song a lot of times. Oh God, yeah. Every one of them was great. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter, you know, it didn't matter in a yeah. way that the, that the themes were the same themes yeah and with him even the riffs was the same riff a lot of the time right i th- I, I think I, I i don't want to get too stuck in the political you know why i, I don't know I, you know i i don't want i i i don't want 
anybody saying, well, I wish you'd get off that. And I don't want to be saying that to myself, you know. Okay, you've, you've, you've said what you wanted to say about that. Let's move on. And then I don't, I don't know where to move on to. <laughs> I kind of want to go back to the personal, but I've, I don't know. Maybe I've forgotten how to do that. You, you mean how to just sort of uh, narrow the scope in a way to your yeah. own life or what you've observed or a story you heard? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, mean I, I wonder how much the fact that the times we're living in makes you think, well, the only thing worth writing about is how fucked this is. And if I, but I don't want to do that again. Well, yeah, you, you're, you're in a place where that, that is, you know, uh, I think a lot of us, it's occupying so much of your day, yes. daily thought and I don't want it to, Yes. you know? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> writing could be a, an escape from it, um, but it's still there. It's still just, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to think about it and put myself in 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 your position because I'm 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 able to in the show we make talk about the world, but without the specific, it's all in a fictional context in a way. You're really directly writing about the world that we live in, and the last album had such a big impact in, in yeah. that way. A big part of what what we've always done and what I've always tried to do is. is 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 empathy with people yes. I may not see eye to eye with. Yes. And I'm having a real hard time with that. That's one of my trademarks, you know, and it's it's something I'm proud of. It's something I'm really proud to be able to do is is to be able to take this person or this group of people that I may not even like and find some way to humanize them and and find empathy and I'm it bothers me how how much difficulty I'm having right now um finding that. I really, I really understand that. By the way, that's something to write about. It is. That's yeah. a subject. That is I've some, been, that's, that's that whole kind idea of, of wanting to like. I want to like you, but I can't. Saying, Man, I'm, I'm really trying here, but you're going to have to help me out. You yeah. Know? <laughs> that, that's a song. Gonna, By the way, there's a song have in to this. Prove me wrong. That's well, there's your title. Prove me wrong. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, that's got to be a Mike Cooley okay, song. Go. Let's go. Prove me wrong. <laughs> that's totally right. But See? that's a cliche, so I don't want to use it. No, turn it invert <laughs> invert the cliche. By the way, you can't even find a song called that, really. Yeah. No, just invert that's, the cliche. That, that's, that's a theme, you know. That's that's definitely. A... But I, and also, don't you think like okay, it's easy. I know to write you're off... better than that, dude. You know. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> better than that is also a song title. Yeah. There are two song titles right there in right. what you're saying. I think that's what I've I've been kicking myself on this record because you know. I think that's the song, or that's kind of what I wanted to be able to do most on the follow-up to American Band that I just couldn't do, and it's been hell for me to come to terms with that. That on the unraveling. It's not too late, but, you know. Of course it's not too late. You guys could put a song in a show at any time. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's the beauty of the way, the way things are now. You can, you know, you can release something yeah, anytime. Yeah, you guys released, I mean, you did it last time. You released a song kind of out oh, sure. ahead yeah. of the album. Yeah, you, you Right know. ahead of American Band, you guys released a song it, two months before that. I know. It, it's funny. It, it, we, we talk about that like it's something that people have, that we're doing now because of the way people find and get and receive new music. But the Beatles used to do that all the time. They used to release stuff, throw out singles in between records all the time. No, it's crazy. Six months, and also they would make an album every six months. Yeah. In the beginning, they just kept, they just yeah. That, that used to release re- th- just th- throwing out a few songs every now and then used to be commonplace. Well, in a way, it takes the, <laughs> but in a way that takes the pressure off. Yeah, it does. Because if you know 
Well, I'm not making the grand statement. I'm going to make, I mean, the last album came out in 2016. It's 2020. Yeah. For, so it's like there's this expectation. Well, something we've had to learn, or not really learn, but, you know, it's just a fact. It's, it's, kind of a, it's, it's kind of a sad fact, but kind of reassuring at the same time is it's not going to get irrelevant. You know, we, we, we really thought, uh, you know, that by the time we released some of this stuff, it would be kind of old news or irrelevant. No, it's, it's not, you know. So do you, do you find yourself, cause I read some old interview where you talked about how you had respect for all these people who came to your shows and you said, you look a big part of our audience or a substantial percentage of them are conservative but i i think they're reasonable and uh not reactionary and all this stuff but i'm wondering if this stuff's laid more heavy on your head lately and and how you're able to still make those distinctions well one, one thing uh, you know we are not the us we see on tv or on twitter it's easy to i, I get you know I'm, I'm guilty of thinking that from time to time that you know, everybody are these, you know, everybody who feels this way are these goons I see at these rallies. And they're not. That the, That's not us. That's not them. That's not, you know, that's not who we are. Um, and, you know, from where I, obviously I don't have hard numbers on this, but from where I'm sitting, it looks like we added more people than we lost. To your, you mean you personally to your shows? Yeah. You, the band. Yeah, you know. Do you hear from the audience when you play the political songs? Do you hear from people who are on the... I mean, it's funny. Your band has always been aware of politics, though, right? I mean, Dirty sure. South and Southern Rock Opera are very aware of... Oh, yeah. All these, ...of all these sort of political issues. Yeah. Um, we, we, you know, what I think... It, it's not so much what was in the songs that changed. It was how we talked about it. You know, I, I think if we just put out that record or this record, songs that are on it and never said a word about it, which is kind of a dream of mine. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, the last record's pretty fucking overt. It, it is. I mean, Ever South, which you didn't write, Patterson song, yeah. Ever South. There's no escape in that song. No, it it, it, it is. But honestly, I and Ramon I, Cassiano is I, a. I, I, I mean, I Ramon, think the I think the backlash, the hate mail, the ire has more to do with what we said about these things in interviews and and that got put out on, you know, on the periphery than what's actually on the record itself. Do you read the hate mail? No. But you you look at Twitter even though you don't have no, a Twitter no. account. I, I'm 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 like in the smallest minority on the planet. I I've never used Twitter. I don't use Facebook. I don't even use Instagram. None of it. No. Will you look at the band's accounts on those things or I don't. Pat, you just don't even deal with no. it. No. You just want to play the music, interact no. with the people. I mean, when I first heard about all this stuff, I was like, that is the worst idea I think I've ever heard in my life. You're <laughs> going to let human beings be able to communicate <laughs> anything they can think of with each other all the time? Have you ever been around your family? Do you want to turn the entire world into your fucking family? You know, <laughs> that's what you're going to do with this. <laughs> it's a bunch of people who feel free to express whatever they're thinking about no, you. it's a terrible idea. Moment. Don't let human beings get together and talk. No. How do you think wars get started? <laughs> Jesus That's awesome. Yeah. 
that's another song title. How do you think wars get started? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> like you're full of them. You talk in song titles. That's what, uh, yeah. That's, you do talk in song titles. Oh, uh, that, that, that was really what, what got me started, was realizing that I did that. How did you realize it? I, just by yourself? Yeah, you were like, well, like, I, I think a cool shit. Yeah, I think a cool shit. I could, you know, I just just make, make cool shit last three minutes. When, uh, when Patterson comes in with a song like Ever South and plays it to you, is it the same thing where you, do you get a little bit of... Because, like, you know, that's one of the great Drive-By Trucker songs. Yeah, for sure, is. no doubt about it. Yeah, obviously, you're happy about it and partially because it's of a Drive-By Trucker. It's your band. Yeah. Uh, does any part of you feel like, motherfucker, how's that fucker do that again? <laughs> oh, there's so many songs I wish I'd written. You know, they're out there. <laughs> right, you mean whether they're in your band or not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you just move on. Move on through it. Sure. Do you like the singing part? The what? The singing. I do, yeah. I'm. I, I'm not a. I, I've never been a walk around singing all day kind of person. But yeah, I, I, I like it. And I've gotten more comfortable with it over the years. And does the lifestyle still agree with you? The thing you wanted when you were young, which was to be there, be there on the road. Now that you yeah, have yeah, kids, family, it. and all that stuff, it still works for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've we've always paced ourselves well. We, we realized that real early on, and we, we were lucky to have, you know, smart people on that end of the operation in booking and in management that recognize that like this is a touring band this is what they do we don't need to burn them at both ends and so we've we've always you know come home when we needed to stay at home as long as we need to if anybody's got anything going on that they need to walk away for a while we're understanding of that you know sure you got to be and and but for that reason we're still we're this many years in and we're still I'm looking forward to getting on the road getting on the road and touring behind this record well yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it when I want to go back to Carl Perkins' Cadillac for a second because this is the other thing I wonder about. So when you finished, because, okay, I get the idea that when you write a song, sometimes you have an idea, you think you're worthless and it sucks and you have nothing to say. But the other side of it, like when you wrote Carl Perkins' Cadillac and you finished it, were you able to tell yourself, all right, that's really good. I did it. Like I cracked it open. Yeah, I, I, I've, I think, you know, that's what I wanted to do, whether it's any good or not. That's what matters. Yes, I relate to that totally. Yeah. That's you're saying that one is one where the the, the feeling that was in my head. Yeah. I got it. Mm-hmm. I got it out on the thing. So then it doesn't surprise you when people uh, when people love that song or sing along to it or whatever. It makes sense to you. You you knew you uncorked one. Yeah, right? I, I I knew I'd said it like I wanted to say. Did it. Did any of the people referencing that song? Because some of them were still. Like Cash was alive, and and and. Uh, um, Jerry Lee was still alive when oh, yeah. that song came out. Did, did did you ever hear if any of them heard it? I never did. I, I'm, I'm sure they did, you know. Yeah. I, I never heard from them. And then have you been back to uh, Sun Studios since? Uh, do, they know, do they know that like you did this thing about Sun Studios? I'm sure some of them do, you know. I mean, I was, uh, I was actually, uh, it, we were hanging out with uh, Sam's son, Jerry, when we made this record um, at wow. Phillips in Memphis. Why? Where'd you make this record? In Memphis with at Phillips Recording. Oh, which I don't know what Phillips is. I mean, well, it's Sam Phillips, but so so they have their own. Yeah, the family the, has a studio now. Yeah, well, no, it's the one Sam uh, started and built after he got out after he sold Son back in I don't know fifty nine. Uh, Somewhere in there. Is it the same thing? Like you recorded on like whatever the board was, or is it like modern digital it's, recording? It, it's I mean, like I'm an SSL sure. or a Neve, or is it like a modern? Uh, it's it's it, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not a gear guy. Um, 
I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, a, a, a good bit of the equipment's been modernized since they, or updated since they built the studio. But yeah, right. it's still very much the same way. But so his son, who must be yeah. older. And we never talked about that. I'm, I know he knows the song, you know. But, but he never brought, he no, never brought no, it up We never talked you. about it, no. That's so funny to me. Yeah. To me, and if the people listening to this mostly will know it, but if they don't, it is, um, it's one of the truest songs about rock and roll. I grew up in the rock and roll. My dad was a record producer. So for, for me, uh, my dad was a publisher and producer. Yeah. So I, I grew up in recording studios as a kid so that I have a, that, that song and understanding the con that the record business was <laughs> really <Yeah. laughs> speaks to me because it's what got me through college. You know, it's what paid for my, uh, it's what made for my college. Uh, when did it hit you that even if you have this sort of insecurity creatively, when did you kind of accept the idea? All right, this my, this worked out. Like we made it. We have, we're part of this lineage now. Uh, mm. Does it stay? Do you believe I, it now? I kind of. I mean, I, I, that's something. I, I, I'd rather leave that out there, you know. I, <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather let that be something that's still down the road. But, I, you know. You mean so that you still have something to sort of like fight for? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to thinking like, uh, I did it. Are you? But, but you don't have the, the debt. When you guys put dates on sale, you know the dates are going to sell out. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I mean, you know, you still find yourself sometimes going, man, I hope somebody shows up tonight. Yeah. Uh, and do you still get up for it to perform when it's going to happen? Are you yeah. still excited? Yeah. And so what gets you up in the morning when you're not with the kids? Is it this idea of playing? Is it this idea that you might finally write a good, a decent song? Yeah. 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 Maybe. <laughs> the song part. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, listen, I'm so grateful to you that you came by and had this conversation. I mean, I, I just want to leave this by, uh, I hope you know how much your music helps people and i hope some part of you like knows that the thing you do is sacred man like i can't tell you the hours that me and my kids drove around listening to songs you wrote and playing them over and over and over and over again and and you know that's that's why it's like a sacred call for you to do this thing you know it matters to people well that means a lot <laughs> yeah well it's the truth i mean um I didn't just want to interview you so I could have finally gotten all three guys. I'm, I'm one of the only guys I think has had all three of you in separate interviews. Um, but, uh, but you're the real deal, Mike. And, I, you know, you got to find a way to accept it. <laughs> well, I will. Thanks. We're kind of, all right, Mike Cooley, go out and see the Drive-By Truckers uh, when uh, they come to your town. Go get their new record in whatever way you listen to records. You can't find Cooley on social media. But his partner Patterson's on there all the time. And you can find me because uh, I think Mike is right about everything about social media, but I am fucking addicted to it. You can find me at Brian Koppelman on Twitter. I'm on Instagram too. I'm everywhere. You can fucking email me if you want, themomentbk at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>